Uh, all right, go to Romans chapter 1, believe it or not. <laughs> Romans chapter 1. We're going to get real close to finishing. We're not going to finish Romans 1 tonight because the last few verses of it have a whole lot of words that, that really need definition in order for us to fully grasp and understand them. And so um, that'll take some time. But just a slight bit of review. Excuse me, Romans chapter 1, verse 23 is where we left off, and I'll read that one. It says, and change the glory of, of the in, uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to, un, to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dis, dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the, and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was me. We're not, uh, that won't be where, where we'll stop. I'll probably just get maybe one more verse after that, verse 28, but I'll get to that in a few, few moments. Of course, last week we talked about this, verse 23, and uh, talked about America. America is really headed into this, this destruction, this darkness, this path of rejection of the true God. And so I'm going to have a word, a word of prayer and then we'll start it. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, Please, Spirit of God, this is a, a delicate, touchy uh, area of the Bible, but Lord, it's still the Word of God, and, and it's honestly what we're having to deal with in this generation. And so, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, you guide my mind, my thoughts, and you help me to, to say everything that needs to be said and say it the way it needs to be said. And Father, that you'd guide me, uh, that I'd only say what you'd want me to say. And Spirit of God, you know I yield myself to thee. I need you. And Lord, I pray that you please bless everything that's done here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, America is, we are into this worship of self instead of God. Uh, that's, it's this, the worship of uh, intellectualism really is, is, a, is a huge thing in America today. Everything's about, uh, it's the part of the problem that we've had. I've talked to many, what we call millennials, uh, that because they struggle with looking upon uh, everybody older than they are as, as being unintelligent. And basically it's because they were born with technology in their hands and uh, that technology really makes them feel superior because we of my generation walk around asking them, how do you make this work? How do you turn this on? How do you do this? Can you show me this? And we're saying that to three-year-olds. And so... Uh, uh, and. And so the fact is, is that they, they, they get in their mind that, you know, these older people, they, they're just incredibly stupid uh, because they don't know how to handle this. And, and sadly, though, in this generation is because the, the world, the, the educational system, the, 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 the entertainment system, everything out there is pumping into their brains that they, in fact, are more intelligent they are, they are entitled, they are superior, they, they deserve to be given 
uh, and should be provided for by those uh, old and stupid people. And so uh, uh, it's, it's what, and whether you really see it that way or that blatant, it's really what's out there. I mean, that's what they're shooting out there all the time. Uh, now, there's a great, what they don't understand is there's a great difference between intellect or, or information and wisdom. And, and wisdom comes from, you know, really experience, and experience comes from bad experience. You know, it's like one man said, you know, this, this guy was incredible. He was a, just a major, major player in the business world, and he was just the guy everybody else went to answers for. So a fellow went into him, and he was starting at the ground floor, and he said, you know, tell me, give me some truth that will help me, uh, you know, be wise like you in business dealings. And uh, he, he said, you know, just, just a simple, simple little statement. He just looked, he looked at him and he said, it's just right decisions. And so the guy looked and he said, but, but help me. How do I make right decisions? How do I know how to make right decisions? And the guy looked back at him and said, by making wrong ones. Uh, and, you know, and that's really the a whole lot of decisions as you get older. You realize a lot of what you learn is from the good decisions you made. That's wonderful also from the bad decisions you make. And so what you're trying to do is provide to the younger generation, don't go there. You know, you shouldn't have to go experience the same thing over again, although they almost always do. And so this is ultimately the religion of evolution. Man, the survivor, the intelligent has become his own God. And that's where we're headed because first of all, God says they start to worship animals. But eventually, man being the ultimate animal, He's going to worship himself. And so uh, it goes back to verse 23 then, and it says, And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So man starts out, and he starts out worshiping the lower creations. But it's, you know, if you're going to worship the lower creation and you believe yourself to be an animal, then why would you not worship the highest level of animal? Uh, and so that's where they're going. And, and verse 24 says, wherefore? Now, when they start this worship, God says, you know, something's going to happen. God gave, uh, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Now, don't uh, understand this. God's not saying, okay, you started to idol worship, so now I'm going to throw, you know, I'm just going to just it, try to get you into uncleanness. I'm just going to take away everything so you start thinking into uncleanness or going into... No, they're in uncleanness, and he's given them up to it. And so, uh, so it, it, it's just it's a different thought, uh, thought process. But uh, them to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And, uh, and sadly enough, it, so much, and in, in as you start to read and study about uh, Romans here at this section, you know, man, when you really start to research this time period and, and what was going on in the cults and the different religions, it all came down to sexual things. It all came down to incredible uh, abuses and things against the bodies of man and, uh, and the bodies of human beings. When we turn our backs on God and dip so low that we begin to picture God as idols of animals and other men, uh, we... When we stoop so low that we refuse the creator and ignorantly choose to worship the creation of God, God says, wherefore? Now that you're going to do that, now that you're going to start to worship the creation, he says, wherefore? Because of the choices, what he's saying is because of the choices you have made, I now make a choice. 
know what God's saying? He's saying, you made a choice, now I'm going to make a choice. I'm going to make a choice right now. And, he, and the choice is, I choose to give you up to the desires of your heart. Let you go on in your own lust. I choose to let you go that direction. You know, God doesn't force himself upon us. And what we want, you know, honestly, we want, we want to be able to look and say, God, please do something about America. But God says, no, I gave you a free will. And until you, you're in your free will, people decide to turn back to me. I'm not going to do I'm going to let you keep going where you're going. And so, and we had visitors walk in. Hello, fellas. Y'all visiting with us? God bless you. Don't get out of here without giving me some money, all right? No, I'm just kidding you. You speak English? Okay. <laughs> You're just kind of staring at me. I'm like, okay, you probably believe in whatever I say to him. God bless you. I want to meet you, though, before you leave. So. But we turn our backs on God, and so God makes a decision. He says, wherefore, because of the choice that you've made, I make a choice. I choose to give you what you desire. You desire to worship the creation, the, the animal, the creature. Therefore, I'll give you up to live and believe what you, what you want to live and believe. I'll let you go that way. I'll let you do what you want. You believe the creature to be God, so you believe yourself to be the creature, the animal, the God. When you worship animals, you'll begin to live as an animal. That's just the way it is. And that's, that's the real detriment uh, of evolution is, is that once you convince enough people for long enough that they are animals, you're going to begin to live as an animal. You always will. So this is why evolution is so vital to the world and the world's system, the world's thinking. It's an attempt at ultimate worship of the creature, for the creature created itself. That's what they want you to believe. The creature, creature created itself. Man is the ultimate creation of lower forms, the survival of the fittest. Who are these people who worship uh, evolution as though it is the very words of God? Who? Who, uh, they are the ones who deny the true word of God while believing the evolutionary, quote, science as though it's the gospel. They believe something that's unprovable and say, you know, you, you're, you're silly people because you believe this, this fairy tale by faith. And yet they have a fairy tale they believe by faith. And it's, they have no other way to believe it. They have no evidence. They have no proof. Uh, so they changed the truth, the word of God, into a lie, the scripture says. They changed creation into a lie. They changed Adam and Eve into a lie. They worship and serve the creature more than the creator. They worship man, for man is his own God. They worship man, for he, his, uh, he's enabled himself through adapting and through evolving and through survival of the fittest. Uh, so they worship man because they believe man really is and, and listen, I want you to be understand what you're really dealing with. If this something that even sort of you sort of want to move that way or think maybe it might be right, it's a real dangerous trend because people, even right now in America, the really intellectuals of America, they think genetically they are superior to you and I. They think we're sitting in this room right now tonight because we're weak and we need some kind of God. They intellectually superior because they've evolved further than we have uh, because of their genetic makeup or whatever. They are superior to us, so they don't need a God. It's a very dangerous thing, and it's, it's a very um, 
prejudice thing. It's a very discriminatory thing. Verse 25, it says, who changed, verse 25 in the book of Romans chapter 1, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This verse right here is a classic definition, so to speak, of, of humanism. Humanism, an outlook or system or thought attaching prime importance to human rather than divine or supernatural matters. Humanists believe and stress the potential value and goodness of human beings and emphasize common human needs and seek solely rational ways of solving human problems. It's a philosophy, a variety of ethical theory and, and practice that emphasizes reason and scientific inquiry and human fulfillment in the natural world and often rejects the importance of, of belief in God. The world claims sh uh, that humanism basically started in 1907, and they say the co-founder is F.C.S. Schiller. Uh, he said this, the perception that the philosophical problem concerns human beings striving to comprehend a world of human experience by the resources of the human minds. It's a bunch of hogwash and, and gibberish that he, that he says. This is absolute foolishness that it started then, for humanism was in the existence from the very fall of Satan. For Satan worshipped himself rather than God. Accurate definitions are difficult to come by when one hears the word humanism Several different ideas may come to mind. Webster's would define humanism something like this. Any system or mode of thought or action in which human interests, values, or dignity predominate. The worldview known as secular humanism, says first says that secular humanism, we've got to understand it is a worldview. It is a set of beliefs through which one interprets all of reality. Something like a pair of glasses. Secular humanism, watch this now, this is what the world says. Secular humanism is a religious worldview. This is what the world says. The world says secular humanism, even though it says secular, secular humanism is a religious worldview. One writer put this, he said, don't let the word secular mislead you. The humanists themselves would agree that they adhere to a religious worldview. According to Humanist Manifesto 1 and 2, humanism is a philosophical, religious, and moral point of view. So why is it allowed in schools? Not all humanists, though, of course, want to be identified as religious because they understand that religion is supposedly not allowed in public education. So they want to say, they want to call it secular humanism. They know that it's a religion because it's a religion of faith. The faith happened to, happens to be in themselves. The identity of secular humanism as a religion would eliminate the humanist main vehicle for the propagation of their faith. You see, uh, if they are seen as a religion, they've got to come out of the school in this environment that we're in now. They've got to come out of the schools. And when they do, that is their bus ministry, folks. That is their ministry of outreach. The school system is where they reach the minds of the next generation. <coughs> The Humanist Manifesto declared these affirm, uh, affirmations 
in the manifestos are not a final creed or dogma, but an expression. Listen to this. This is what their humanist manifesto says. It's not a final creed or dogma, but an expression of a living and growing faith. What are the basic beliefs of secular humanism? What do secular humanists believe? Theologically, secular humanists are atheists. They call themselves atheists. Humanism cannot in any fair sense of the word apply to one who still believes in God as the source and the creator of the universe. So they have to deny God totally. They have to call themselves a human, a, a, an atheist. A man, uh, a, a man that Corliss Lamont agrees, saying that humanism contends that instead of the gods creating the cosmos, the cosmos in the individualized form of human beings giving reign to their imagination created the gods. Philosophically, secular humanists are naturalists. That is, they believe that nature is all that exists. The material world is all that exists. There's no God, no spiritual dimension, no afterlife. Carl Sagan, of course, he's very fam famous, said his best in the introduction to the Cosmos series, uh, said it best in his introduction to his Cosmos series. The universe is all that is or ever was or ever will be. Secular humanists believe that if there is no supernatural, then life, including human life, must be the result of a purely natural phenomenon. Hence, secular humanists must believe in evolution. Uh, Julian uh, Huxley, for example, insists that man, his body, his mind, and his soul were not supernaturally created, but are all products of evolution. Atheism leads most secular humanists to adopt ethical relativism. What does that mean? The belief that no absolute moral code exists. Does that sound like where we are today? I know it's a lot, I'm reading a lot and putting out a lot out here, but we kind of, we have to know what we're dealing with because honestly, outside these walls, any type of educational system outside these walls, uh, when you go into the public realm, I, are there good teachers? Yes, there are wonderful teachers. Are there Christian teachers? Yes, there are Christian teachers. They are fighting a battle, uh, and they're being silenced right and left as they try to take a stand for Christ, and as they try to put a, put a good example. I'm not condemning everybody that's involved. People make their decisions. People do what they have to do, but everything in our government, everything in our news media, everything in our, our entertainment realm, everything in our educational system, they are pushing the religion of humanism. And that, the reason they push it so much is because they want this ethical relativism. Why? Because you can do whatever you want to do. Your morality is whatever you feel like. If it feels good, you can do it. If you don't think it's wrong, it's not. Therefore, man must, this is what he says now, they believe that no absolute moral code exists, and therefore man must adjust his ethical standards in each situation according to his own judgment. Situation ethics. Situation ethics based on whatever, okay, there is no black and white. There is no right and wrong. There is no justice or injustice. It's simply what do I feel like in this moment? 
uh, he said it was a relative that did this to me, but a, but a, a relative of mine, uh, you know, years and years ago when more people would feel this way, but I was sort of bothered by a, a, a homosexual stand that a, that a guy was taking. We were watching, it was actually a football game, uh, and it's a long time ago before it even became an issue, and I and I said, man, that's just hard for me to comprehend. And he looked at me and he says, you don't have the right to judge him. You don't have the right to say that's wrong if that's what he wants to do. And I said, really? I said, do you mean anybody can do whatever they want to do? They, he said, yeah. And of course, he got a master's degree from Memphis. And, and uh, he said, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. You got the right to anything you want to do. I said, okay, then I'm going to just slap the fool out of you. Because I can do anything I want to do, right? And right now, I feel like that's right. No, that's stupid. You can't just do whatever you want to do. There's got to be some rules. And it's an amazing thing. Anytime you cross into their territory, they want rules. They just don't want you to put any rules on them. If God does not exist, then he cannot establish an absolute moral code. Humanist Max Hokut said, uh, says that human beings may and do make up their own rules. Morality is not discovered, it is made. Secular humanism then can be defined as a religious worldview based on atheism, naturalism, evolution, and ethical relativism. Now, why is this so important? Why did I take all that time to do that? Because it helps us, I believe, it'll help us understand the educational system that guides our nation and which indoctrinates the minds of our children. It's the battle we're fighting. Why do you think that 50% of America today, maybe more really, don't care what our leaders do so long as they prosper? They really don't. I think that, honestly, I think that tomorrow they could prove that one or both of them had murdered somebody, and I'm not sure they would turn against them. They would find some way to justify that they needed to be murdered. Because we're just going to, we, there is no right and wrong anymore. God is not allowed, religion is not allowed except the stated religion of humanism. We must understand that people who think there is no God who are the product of chance, who are nothing but a higher evolved form of an animal, will inevitably act like animals. We're going to. And why is this so important? We understand this. So we can understand where it leads and where this type of thinking and religion has brought mankind. And that leads us to Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. That's when this kind of thinking comes, when there's no moral code, when there's no moral absolutes, when there's no right or wrong, and we have trans we've moved into that in the last seven years big time, really the last three years, that we've just moved, this nation has moved into just saying there is absolutely no right or wrong. I mean, folks, it, it is, it's nothing beyond the, these just total, uh, uh, the wiping away of any common sense to say that that. You can walk up to a, a, a bathroom, man's bathroom, a woman's bathroom, and you can choose right now what you feel like you are. And whatever you decide you are today, that's what you can be today. That's beyond comprehension. 
That's a society in chaos. And here's the problem. It's coming from our leadership and our educational system that's pushing it. Romans 1, 26 to 28, for this cause, what cause? This cause where they've turned their back on God. This cause where they worship themselves. This cause where they're now humanists, where the, the society is more humanistic than the are. Sadly, hey, folks, Christianity is really permeated with humanism. Our churches have been just, just infiltrated with human, humanistic philosophies. But he says, for this cause... God gave them up. Again, he didn't say, okay, now I'm just going to turn them loose, so now they'll go into vile affections. He said they're in vile affections. I'm going to give them up to it. For even their women did change the natural use uh, into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meat. And that just simply means they are rewarded. It's the reward. They receive the reward that is necessary. It's the reward that is necessary and due for what they are doing and have done. And what does this mean, of course? This is the battle America's in today is homosexuality. And it's the battle, and it may be this message. It may be some other message, but... This is what they're going to try to use to throw guys like me in prison. Because I'm saying this scripturally, it's wrong. And scripturally, it's, it's, it comes, only comes after God gets to the point where he says, I'm, I'm giving up on you. You've gone so far in the worship of yourself, the worship of animals, the worship of yourself as the ultimate animal, the rejection of me, everything, you're turning back on me, you don't believe I even exist. God finally says, you get to that point, I've given you up, and that's, and they are just, that, the, that is homosexuality is, the, is that final stage, and sadly, uh, regardless of how people want to explain the race, still, it, that's also the final stage before judgment. So you say, is, is, and here's what people say, well, homosexuality is not any worse than any other sin. As far as heaven and hell, no, it's not, because a lie will send you to hell. All liars shall find a place in the lake of fire. So a lie will send you to hell. Pride will send you to hell. Any sin, lust and envy and jealousy will send you to hell. So homosexuality won't send you to hell any more than lying will send you to hell. But in this earth, in this lifetime, in, in our living existence, God sees it differently. You don't believe God sees sin differently? Then, what, then just take a look simply at the Ten Commandments. Look at, the, look at Leviticus, look at Deuteronomy, look at him and see what he says, what, you, what penalty you get for this and what penalty you get for this. He sets all kinds of levels of penalties. Why? Eternally sin is sin, but not here on this earth. God says, no, sir. There's different penalties for different sin. And when he... Gets to, when we get to this point where we reject God totally, when we turn our backs on God, when we say no to God, when we say, I am God, my mind is God, I, 
look, God, you don't make sense to me, so you better make sense to me because my mind is superior to your mind. I'm not going to believe some 400-year-old book over, over my mind and all the intellectualism that I've received today. I'm not going to take that. So God, get out of my life. Get away from me. I'm God. I make my own decisions. I don't have to obey your Ten Commandments. I don't have to worry about adultery. I don't have to worry about fornication. I don't have to worry about pornography. I don't have to worry about alcohol. I don't have to worry about anything. I can do whatever I want to do. And finally, sin always digresses because sin never satisfies. So it starts way over here with an attitude and it's going to end up through, through pictures and pornography and, and then acting out the pornography and then heterosexual sins and then eventually nothing's going to satisfy until we finally move into homosexuality and bestiality and God says, we're done. Judgment. Judgment. Haggai, I think it says, shall I not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? And likewise, also, the men and women, they just leave off. And, and can I tell you, this is, this is the devil's ultimate. You see, because the devil wants to counterfeit and he wants to adulterate everything God created. So if God created something, he created a marriage, he created the love between a man and a woman, he created a man and woman to be one flesh. You know what the devil does? He wants to adulterate that. He wants to change that and to spit in the face of God everything he can, whether it's, whether it's God's music or God's love or God's relationships, the devil wants to adulterate it. How do they get to this point? How do they get to this point where God simply says, I give up? And they're going to receive the recompense of their error. They're going to receive the reward that is necessary. Is it because they just don't believe in God? Because we've reared a generation that just does not believe in God? No, I've, I, you've heard me say before, I don't believe there is truly an atheist. I don't think they exist. And here's why. Look at verse 28. You see, it doesn't say that they didn't know God or they didn't believe in God. Look what it says. And even as they did not like to... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. It's not because they don't know God and doesn't know He exists. They don't want it. They didn't like it. Man, God just messes up my life. He just gets in my way. Can I, can I tell you, if there's somebody in here that, that a year from now or six months from now or three months from now or three days from now, if, if you're not in here and here's one great reason, you got fed up with God being in your way. It's getting in your way. I don't want to feel guilty about what I do. So don't, unless that's where our churches are today. 
don't tell me anything's wrong because I'm not coming to church if you're going to make me feel like something's wrong. You know what they're saying? I don't like God telling me what to do. I don't like to retain God my knowledge. He's in my knowledge, but I don't like for it to retain him. So I'm, you got to get out of here. So it's not really atheism. Atheism is a lie. They know there's a God. They don't want there to be a God. And God gave them over to a reprobate mind, a worthless mind, to do those things which are not convenient. And so this is, man, I, God bless the poor fellows came to visit me on a night like tonight. But, uh, you know, this is our folks, and hopefully you understand I love everybody, and I think I've tried to prove that since we've come here. Anybody comes to the door, we're going to try to be a help and a blessing. Uh, they come, they still come. Another came yesterday, get some more food, and, and they looked at me, called out the name of a couple of really big, big churches. She said, we've been, and she said she came all the way from Lakeland. And she said, I've been to churches all the way between here and Lakeland, and nobody will help us. We do. And I tell everyone, I'm, we have a small church. We have food. And as long as we have food, we'll share it with you. And we'll help you. And they always say the same thing. Well, what's the qualification? And I say the same thing. The only qualification is that you have a sincere need. You have a need. And we want to help so long as we can help. And she looked at me and she said, we even go to such and such and call a big church. And she said, but they won't, they have nothing for people like us. And I told her, I said, ma'am, we're no better than anybody else, but we, we do love you and we want to help you. Now, the fact is, folks, what I preach and what I believe doesn't change the fact that I love everybody and until they take their final breath, I believe God can do a work in anybody's life. Just like I believe God's still working on me. But we still have to face the truth or we will enter into a lie. Yeah. Well, I thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you for our time of prayer and I'm going to have Brother Bob close us and I'll be